The Walk the Mile podcast is produced on Gadigal land. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which Skeg Starlinghurst stands, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to Elders past and present. May our reconciliation be an ongoing process of love and compassion. Hello everyone, I'm Gary Lee Lindsay, school chaplain at Skeggs Darlinghurst, and you're listening to Walk the Mile, a podcast that opens up conversations that we need to have. Well, hello everyone. Thank you for joining us once again on Walk the Mile. I hope that uh, wherever you are, because I'm recording this in lockdown at the moment, and part of this is about for you to be part of a conversation. So we'd love to hear what you have to say. Thank you to those people who do give feedback, who do write and ask questions or give comments. I really appreciate that because that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to create more conversations. So that lets me know that it's doing what I'm hoping it's doing. Today, we have two of our school counsellors. We have four school counsellors at Skeggs, and uh, we have two, probably two of the newest ones, if that's correct. We have Janet McEwen. Hello, Janet. Hi, Gary. And Olivia Matthews. Hello, Liv. Hi, Gary. Hello. Good to see you both. Can you tell us, first of all, Janet, what your role is? And then, Liv, if you can tell us what you do. Yeah, so I'm a counsellor in the secondary school. So I work with girls from um, year 7 to 12, um, but mostly year 8 to 12, um, and just available for the girls um, if they want to someone to chat, if they're having a problem or if they um, feel they need some help in some way. Thank you. And Liv? Yeah, so um, I support girls from K, so from kindergarten um, all the way up to year seven. Um, and this was um, a newish role, I believe. I think previously there was a counsellor in the primary school and then in the high school. But I guess this role was created to support girls transitioning from year six to year seven in the high school, which is really nice because I can follow them um, during that transition and, and, and I work closely with Janet and, and Pip and Mel, the other counsellors um, who support girls, yeah, primarily in, in the high school. But I guess what I also love about my role is that there is some flexibility, so I have been able to kind of pick up some students in the high school as well. Um, but, yeah, I mainly am in the primary school, yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And, Janet, how long have you been at Skeggs for? Uh, so this is my third year and I work three days a week as well. So I initially came on a temporary contract um, filling in for another staff member and um, um, I think the counselling team has um, expanded a little bit over the past couple of years. So now we have two of us working part-time in the high school and one full-time counsellor and then Liv who worked K-7 to and she's full-time as well. Mm-hmm. Liv, you've been here for two or three years. Yeah, so this is my second year. So I started, um, yeah, at the start of last year. 
Before that, I was, um, well, I'm, fr I'm from Melbourne. So before that, I was a school counsellor um, at, a, at a high school, mainly in, in Melbourne, kind of near Geelong area. And I was there for about five years um, at that one school and, and did some other kind of gigs on the side with some case management work and um, some residential care work as well. Yeah, been at Skeggs. It's my second year here and loving it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Was that the school that you're at in Melbourne? Was that similar to Skeggs, like in terms of the of your role, the clientele? Um, yeah, the, the school that I was previously at was quite a different demographic, so quite a low socioeconomic area, um, lots of intergenerational poverty. Um, a lot of my role, sure, well, I, I was the school counsellor, but I also did a lot of um, case management work in terms of financial support, uniform support, support with school supplies, um, food vouchers. I guess in our role there, there are those kind of those common factors. I guess, you know, mental health doesn't discriminate based on a postcode. Um, so while, yeah, some pretty different presenting concerns, there, there, were, there are some similarities as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, right. And what about you, Janet? What was, what was your experience um, before coming to Skeggs? Yeah, so I worked at uh, Headspace at Chatswood and Brookvale for about um, four years before coming to Skeggs. And prior to that, I had worked in a youth centre um, in the southern suburbs of Sydney. And then immediately before that, I had worked with um, adults um, who were experiencing chronic mental health um, issues. And I was um, a mental health support worker, um, just providing one-on-one -on -one support for people living in the community, but living with severe mental illness. So yeah, a few diff very different roles there. I've sort of, over the last five or six years, been working primarily with adolescents and young people aged up to about 25. But of right. course, that also involves like working with their families as well. Mm -hmm. So the counsellor's role, as you're saying, doesn't just finish within the the office wall so to speak mm -hmm. i think sometimes that's what people believe is that it just happens in those walls once a week or once a mm -hmm. fortnight can you tell us a bit more about how that might expand into some of the other things that you do at the school at the moment a goal in the primary school is to be really visible so um you know it's it's not you know, uncommon for me to be in a classroom just to kind of hang out with the girls and the teacher or to read, you know, books or, or stories during form time to deliver sessions, you know, if there's a, a key theme that's kind of happening in a cohort, I, I might work closely with, well, I do work closely with Sarah Johnson, um, the Deputy Head of, of Wellbeing. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really common for me to be really present. So, I, I, you know, I'm on yard duty, I go um, spend time with the girls at recess and lunch. Um, Why is that important? Yeah, so to to really, I guess, normalise help help seeking that you know it's okay to to talk to someone about you know if, if you're having a hard time to really reduce that stigma. Yeah, to be part of the the Skeggs community, the school community, and that's something that um, yes, yeah, since my time here and working closely with leadership has been a goal, I guess, to to really. Um, increase that visibility and to, to reduce stigma around seeking help um, because we want our girls to to reach out for, for help and to kind of you know if, if they are having a hard time or if families are having a hard time we want them to know who they can contact and that they don't have to go through that by themselves and that you know it's a partnership between families and the school when and you know the young person's at the center of that and we can kind of work together to wrap that support around them yeah sure 
What about you, Janet? What do you think? Uh, how, how does your role sort of filter into other parts of the school? Uh, it's a little bit different, I think, in a secondary school from um, what Liv was explaining, but also it's one of the great things about working in the role as a school counsellor that you can really get involved in the, the school community and the school life. So just this morning I attended um, chapel for year 11, um, <laughs> which was which was great. Thanks, Gary. Um, and, you know, we, as the school counsellors, I mean, some girls who want to come and talk to you don't really want you know to be would like like that to remain private and confidential between them and of course any discussions we have do remain confidential but it's great to be able to have the opportunity to be visible in the school community and you know we always attend things like carnivals and um or uh, lots of the of the community aspects of um school life we all try as much as possible to be really actively involved and we also liaise a lot with teachers and the year coordinators and we'll go along to year meetings and um just talk to the girls about um if there are any sort of issues across a year group or any um things that the youth coordinators would like us to talk about. So it might be related to mental health um, and well-being. We're very um, conscious of, um, you know, keeping our presence um, known um, mm. and so that people know who we are and um, then they might feel more comfortable, you know, if there was anything that they wanted some help with, if they want to talk to someone, then you're not someone who's kind of foreign or stuck away in a room somewhere. Yeah. yeah, good on you. And I like that idea of being present to have just to connect outside yeah. of your room. I was talking yeah. to someone yesterday who um, was thinking about making contact with one of the counsellors and she's been talking about it for a while. And yesterday she said, I think I've worked out my issues now, so I'm not, I don't know if I need to anymore. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you think about that? If someone is it is it just about working out problems, or is it the opportunity to have conversations for, you know, Janet, you talked about well-being, but is it just for personal growth or to understand yourself? Mm. Well, I think a lot of the conversations I know that I do have with the students in the counselling space are very much about that. It's a very different thing. It's it can be very different for different people. You know, most of the work we do is, is you know, one-on-one -on -one with one student who may come to see us or who somebody might recommend that they come and, and have a chat. And there's not, not necessarily always, you know, a big problem. Sometimes, um, you know, I'm often pointing out to girls that it can be a little bit overwhelming at times and then it can be just with a little bit you know, having a conversation can be really helpful and we'll often see girls who will come and chat to us once or twice and they'll say exactly the same thing. You know, I don't think I need to come back anymore. And and I always say, like, that's entirely up to you. Um, you know where I am now and, and you can always come back and have a chat another time, but it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a big problem before you come and chat mm -hmm. to one of the counsellors. And some students will often reconnect after not having having spoken to you for for months or a couple of terms and you know you might just get an email from them and they'll just say you know can I come and see you again 
So um, that's one of the great things about working in the school community, that you are there and more available than, mm. um, you know, previously when I've worked in, in places that um, slightly more community-based organisations where, you know, you might have a number of sessions with someone mm. or you'll have to ring up and make an appointment and then you sort of get back on a queue of people waiting to sort of... Um, you know, reconnect with a service. So um, it's a very different way of, um, of operating in a counselling space at the school community, mm. much more available, which I think, you know, is good. And I was just going to tap onto that as well, Janet. I think that's what I love about working in a school is that it's really fluid, that you can see one student one off and that might be enough, or for other girls it might be longer-term support. Um, but that you know that, that there aren't fixed sessions that you have to kind of go to. That it's really fluid, and that we can kind of step forward and wrap that support around the student. You know when they might need it, when things might be really hard. But we also really encourage and empower the girls to you know to try things out or to you know to step out of their comfort zone in a really safe and contained way. And then and then when they're feeling okay, we can kind of take that step back as well. And and I guess. To, to your student, Gary, I would encourage, you know, it, it's about maintaining or I guess having that connection and relationship. Mm. There's no harm in kind of, you know, having a conversation with someone, learning, you know, what a service might be, what is school counselling all about? And that's often a question I get from girls, you know, what is this? What You know, what, what happens here? Yeah. What is kind of all about? And it's about that relationship that yeah. I'm here to understand who you are and that this is an opportunity for you to understand who I am and that, you know, I'm, I'm here to support students mm. in lots of different ways. And if this is something that you think might be helpful, great, then let's, you know, let's go through this together. Let's, let's yeah. think together. I like that idea of doing these things together and understanding each other because in the end it is, you want it to be a conversation, don't you? And mm. uh, a, a helpful conversation and a, a trusting conversation. Yeah. Where, mm. Because in the end there's nothing any of us can do to change somebody else. We might mm. be able to give them a few tips or skills or advice here and there. Yeah. But in the end, it's their own growth is up to them. Yeah, I was just going to say we wouldn't be we we wouldn't be wanting to change them anyway. In thinking mm. about the the students, and both of you are working in sort of different areas, I guess, in terms of age. For, from a primary point of view, what would be the common most the, the most common things you might talk about to a primary student, the, mo the main concerns, if you want to call it that. Yeah, and I guess they there are some commonalities, but then there are also you know yeah, of course different different as well. Um, <clears throat> I think at, at the moment it's this period of change, so it could be a change in in family, it could be a change in you know mum and dad separating, or changes in you know grandparents moving away, or whatever it might be. Change is a really big um, topic that I'm exploring with lots of the girls, um, and and with that change, I guess as well that sense of you know grief and loss, are, and and that also kind of applies to the learning from home. You know, missed opportunities mm. that they might have had at school, missed camps, missed excursions you know this this idea of what for example you know year six as they you know in their last year of of primary school you know yeah. this idea of what year six might have meant for them that that's now been changed um and how they're kind of dealing with you know that, that they that they might feel upset or disappointed by some of those missed opportunities and and, and i guess as well really normalizing that that you know reminding that the girls that 
that it's okay to feel like that, that that's a really normal response to to change, especially something, uh, I guess, a change that's out of your control. Um, something that I'm also um, talking about a lot of the girls with, I guess, anxiety is a general theme that does come up and also trying to focus on things that are within the girls' control. So especially at the moment when, you know, there's lockdown, learning from home, all of these really big things that are out of their control and some some young people and, and families as well, you know, might be feeling a bit powerless in terms of what they can do. You know, how can we try to empower the girls? What What is in your control to support yourself at the moment? Whether it might be you know, going for that walk with mum or, you know, connecting with dad outside and playing in the park or whatever yeah. it might be. And I think as well, focusing on small things, it doesn't have to be this grand thing that you put in place, but these small things that we do for ourselves yeah. today is a protective factor. It's looking after your mind, it's looking after your body, keeping active, focusing on sleep, um, focusing on things holistically as well. Um and I guess in, in my role, especially in the primary school, um, it, it's having these conversations with parents as well, um, yeah. you know, normalising a lot of what's going on at home for parents at the moment, you know, learning from home, working from home, having multiple kids at home with different, you know, timetables, different schedules. But that's, you know, that's a lot for a parent to be holding as well and, and, and normalising that it's okay for things to be hard if things are hard. Let's mm. talk about it. Let's make sure that you've got support in place for yourself because you you play a really big role for your children. Yeah. So that wasn't quite clear. Sorry, Gary. That no, was it was very clear. It was great. But, um, <laughs> no, I think. Lots of different themes. I was just going to ask you a counsellor question like, what makes you think it wasn't clear? But I won't ask you. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, the parent's role is interesting because I had a conversation with someone recently on a podcast with one of our teachers mm -hmm. saying, you know, her her role feels very blurred mm. with her children at home, you know, being the teacher and the parent. I'm sure for a lot of parents they would feel the same thing, you know, here they are trying to do school at home mm. with a teacher. Mm. It's not about being a trained teacher. It just sort of blurs the edges a bit, doesn't it, as to what your role is. And I think at times as well, Gary, parents are almost wearing another hat depending on what their daughter or their, their children are experiencing I guess when we're talking around mental health and at the moment you know you know that we're, we're reading about you know crisis calls being increased that you know there's you know long wait lists to engage with services you know parents are almost holding some of that space for for, for kids as well in terms of that that well-being counseling frontline worker space mm. so I often hear parents kind of juggling these multiple hats and you know it, it's really overwhelming it, it's hard to kind of know okay well what what role am I playing here at times and something that I keep saying to you know parents the best role that you can play is to be the parent you know yeah, yeah. At, at school teachers can hold that space in terms of the learning um, that's hard while we're learning from home I understand that but you know, to, to, to play the teacher hat and then if that then causes conflict at home about homework load or assessment load, you know, that's not what we want to see for the girls or for the parents as well. Yeah, sure. So I'm hearing parents talk about this kind of multiple hats that they're wearing, <clears throat> excuse me, and trying to just navigate that the best that they can. And that's challenging. That's really challenging. It is very challenging. Yeah. Mm. And I'm glad that my kids are all grown up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Janet? What, so in your sector, so in the high school, what would you yeah. say on, on any given day, not just necessarily during lockdown, what do you think are some of the common uh, issues that you face? 
Yeah, so a lot, there are a lot of similarities. So a lot of the things that Liv mentioned are things that we will commonly be talking to girls out uh, to girls about. So a lot of the, the girls who come and want to talk to a counsellor, I mean, anxiety and problems with um, experiencing low mood are probably two of the biggest um, areas of concern that we see um, when people are maybe struggling with um, their mental health. Um, but apart from that, or sometimes, you know, in addition, there's a whole lot of complexity to any given situation. And if someone's um, experiencing a lot of stress or feeling really anxious, you know, often it'll become apparent fairly soon once you start chatting to them that there may be a lot of things going on, you know, in the background. So it might be some, some things that have happened previously in their school life or their home life, which have been really major contributing factors to um, how they've been feeling. Of course, you know, with um, years eight to 12, you're right in that really critical period of adolescence. And so there's a huge amount of change going on physically, emotionally, developmentally. And so that brings a lot of challenges and a lot of pressures as well. So sometimes it can be just struggling a little bit with that level of change. And, and Liv mentioned change and change is a really really important factor to keep into consideration um, and I'm often talking to the girls I see about that just to recognize that change can be really hard and they're at a time in their life where even in the most sort of settled sort of um, environment in terms of their schooling and in their family situation there's still a lot of change going on mm. and you know then there'll be some students who will be going through some problems with home or just a little bit of an upheaval, um, relationships that might be breaking down. Um, and then there's difficulties with friendships, which is a really big thing as well. Um, because as, as we go through that developmental stage of adolescence, um, there's a shift in what happens with the formation of identity. And um, for a young person, when they start to get you know, through pre-adolescence or mid-adolescence, their, their brain development is changing. Mm -hmm. And what, what becomes more important is what their friends and their peers think about them. Yeah. And they start to develop more independence and wanting to just disconnect, like the, the normal development phase is just wanting to disconnect a little bit from thinking that their parents are the, the most important people in their lives, which mm -hmm. they can mm -hmm. still acknowledge that they are. But a process happens where they're slowly wanting to become a bit more independent and move away. And mm -hmm. so that typically can bring, you know, some level of um, conflict or you know, even just disagreement, but that can quickly escalate um, and it can cause a lot of stress and distress. And um, yeah, so look, a whole range of things. Um, people can feel stressed because of, you know, schoolwork, friendships, family, their, their um, self-esteem, their, mm -hmm. their idea of how they're coping in the world around them with all the changes that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, and often, as I said before, often it's quite complex and it, there's not one single indicator. So um, there's usually a lot going on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. As, as I think both of you mentioned certain anxieties, and I think 
uh, the worry about the future. And of course, what we're in at the moment, I'm sure for not just for kids, but for adults as well, certain anxieties around the future. How do, how do you, in your role, how do you provide hope for people, do you think? Well, talking to them about what's most important to them is one of the things and, and um, just supporting them to sort of recognise the great things about what they have in their life and what they may be looking forward to. So just focusing in conversation about, you know, their individual strengths and, mm-hmm. and um, getting them to connect with things that they value most and things yeah. that are important and that, that, that very, you know, that's really well connected with hopes and dreams usually. So sometimes a lot of those things get kind of pushed down a little bit when we start to think about all the other stuff that Mm. we were just talking Mm -hmm. about. So Mm. the worries sometimes can take over Mm. and sometimes it it can help just to, to talk about like what are the things that are most important to us as an individual person um, and to try and shift the focus a little bit and not be too preoccupied with the day-to-day worries and, and issues that come up. So, I mean, that's one, one yeah, way. I, like I, I think as well sometimes for, for some of the girls that I support, you know, normalising and validating what, what they're saying, for, for some of the girls that don't realise, oh, this is a normal response. Oh, okay, yeah, other yeah. people are feeling like this as well. And that gives them a sense of relief at times some girls have actually described that like oh like a weight's almost been lifted like oh yeah. I'm not the only person kind of going through that and yeah. when you know tapping into what Janet said as well when when you're able to then kind of alleviate some of that they then have space to think about okay well what what else is kind of going on for me at the moment what else am I you know enjoying about life at the moment or what else is important to me um, and working from that kind of that strength-based approach like Janet said we can kind of shift their thinking to you know yeah that, that's validate and acknowledge that worry but but what else is kind of going on in your life at the moment let's look at the yeah. bigger of things what else is kind of going on and I think sometimes you know just even acknowledging simple things that the girls do day to day to look after their well-being or their mental health and they they might not see that in that way but you know the the decision that they get yeah, they jumped on zoom on time or that you know that they yeah whatever it might be, kind of just really reflecting that back to them. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess I was doing that to, you know, that's the goal that I'm working towards or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the power of counselling or conversations. It's it's a space to kind of reflect on things or to reframe things um, and to hear someone who's outside of your family, outside of your friendship group, kind of, you know, reflect back what they're hearing you say and that that can be quite powerful in itself as well. Mm. Both of you have mentioned normalizing things and you also talked about um i think Liv, you were talking about you know people coming in and saying what's this thing called counseling and there was mentioned in the context of stigma around around counseling and i think that's important points isn't it knowing what counseling is and also knowing that whatever you're going through is what a lot of other people are going through. Mm-hmm. Are there other things which you think prevent people from having conversations, going to counsellors? Yeah, multiple, I guess. There are lots of different barriers. It could be, you know, 
um, like a family's belief on it or it could be, you know, the worry about, you know, what your peers might think um, or, you know, what your teachers might think. Um, I guess it's about educating the girls and trying to, yeah, break down that stigma um, that it's it's it doesn't have to be something seriously wrong to talk about, you know, mm. to talk to a counsellor about what's going on. It, it's just a way to kind of, it's a space to help normalise and to explore some of these these life issues that we all experience, let alone when you're a child, when you're an adolescent and you're figuring out your place in the world, your brain's still developing, your, you know, emotional regulation is challenging. You know, it, it's just about a space to, to you know, explore for, explore things with, with, with someone that you trust or feel safe with. Yeah. Um, and sometimes one of the biggest barriers is just a lack of confidence in, in themselves. So it can seem, you know, I can even remember back to being an adolescent and, you know, a lot of your feelings are feeling really awkward about things and um, having the confidence to go and reach out to a counsellor and say, I'd like to have a conversation, that's a huge barrier for a lot of mm. girls um, mm. so you know that's that's something that we work on a lot and one of the reasons why we are uh, um, try to be actively involved in the school community mm. but I mm. think that is a big barrier for a lot of girls yeah well for anybody you know to make yourself vulnerable is a risk isn't it and so yeah, exactly. you need to find a safe place to do that and mm. as you said Janet you know seeing that just seeing you around and being involved in people and Having those normal conversations mm. builds trust. And um, I think you both do that well. And that's what we want to keep doing. I guess that's what we want to do in our organisation is to make counselling not a separate thing, but something that's sort of integrated into just how we operate and how we connect with each other. Just to finish off, you know, talking to a lot of people, listening to a lot of people all day, as your job is pretty much listening to people all day long. How do you look after yourself or how do you cope with that? How do you, does it give you energy doing that or does it deplete you at times? How do you manage? Um, I think you really hit the nail on the head there, Gary. Like more often than not, I get so much energy and um, out of talking to people and being able to, to, provide a little bit of help it's really inspiring um, and it's very energizing it can be totally exhausting um, and there are certainly many days where you might listen to a lot of um, people's stories and um, yes yeah, sometimes it can be exhausting for sure um, but we've had a lot of um, support and training around that we we um, we meet you know, as a team, the, the other counsellors are there. We're there for each other and uh, we work really well together and we are really good at reaching out if we ever need any help and support from each other. Um, we also have the opportunity for professional supervision outside of the school environment, which is enormously helpful, but also just things like day-to-day self-care. Um, for me, I always love to go for a walk just a walk after work, even just, you know, walking home after work. And just I try and build in as much um, physical exercise every week as I can. Connecting with friends, um, all the usual things. But, yeah, just making sure that there are things that 
um, I'm able to build into my week and also into my day that I can I can use to to just get a bit of a break from um, the work environment, which is really important. Mm, good on you. What about you, Liv? I love I love working with young people. I, I love working in a school and part of a team. And you know, sometimes you know, if you are if you are having a hard day, you kind of just reflect on it, and it's you know. I feel really lucky that I'm able to have these conversations with students that they feel safe enough to talk about some really hard things. And it's, um, yeah, like Janet said, it's kind of energising in a way or it's kind of, yeah, you get a lot, I get a, I get a lot of joy from that as well in, in you know, developing those relationships and those connections um, and to kind of walk alongside someone during that process and to kind of see that change um, in that student or in that family dynamic or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think, you know, you, you wouldn't be in this space or in this work if, if you didn't, um, yeah, if it was too overwhelming, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, sure, you know, and I guess we, we've got some really great structures in place to support ourselves. Like Janet said, we meet as a department leadership in the primary school and, and the exec are really supportive in, in you know kind of workshopping things or you know wrapping that support around us while we support the young person as well yeah I, you know I, I talk to family and friends I feel really supported outside of school as well um, and just making I guess you know self-care is about you know putting your needs first so even if I can't be bothered sometimes I'm like I'm going to do this because I know I'm going to feel good afterwards so even in, in, in those moments and I know I talk to, to girls a lot about you know it's important to look after yourself I've actually got to practice that as well so I've got a role model that as well so um, you know I've got to keep that front of mind but um, yeah keeping active and spending time with family and friends um yeah it's so important and meaningful to me as well great thanks Liv well thank you Janet and thank you Liv for your time it's been wonderful Sorry. to talk to you I feel like we've got a part two in this there's, <laughs> lots, there's so many many other things I wanted to talk to you about but we'll keep that for another day and it is sure. great to have a team the combination of wise minds together yeah it's been really really helpful so it's great to have you as uh, part of the team and if anyone out there, as usual, if you've got questions for Janet or for Liv or for me that have risen out of this, hopefully it might have encouraged you. You might be thinking, I need to talk to someone. This might just be the mm -hmm. little push that you might have had uh, that was necessary to, to get you to talk to someone uh, either here at school or outside of school. Mm -hmm. um, we encourage you to do that just for the conversation. Uh, take the risk because it could be very, very helpful. Yeah. Hopefully you're not too scary. And yes. you're not too scary. That's right. I can vouch for that. I can vouch. I've, I've, met, some, I've met some scary counsellors, but these ones aren't. Oh, scary. <laughs> I'll tell that story another day. Anyway, great, great to talk to you both. And thank you, yeah. everyone, for listening. We hope you are okay in whatever situation you're in. I hope by the time you hear this, You've got a few more freedoms, but we do look forward to seeing you face to face, especially those who we know at school. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Thank you.